What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 98. I am here tonight with new father, Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Oh, super. I don't know if it's new father again. Does that count? Yeah, it's uh, the second coming. Round two of (laughs) no sleep in hell. But it's fantastic. Yeah, isn't it amazing? It is. It's it's nice because I missed the first the first round. I missed the first four months of Adrian being born because I was overseas. So this is a brand new adventure. And it's hilarious because Adrian was never as small as my new daughter, Charlotte. So right now she came out at three pounds, two ounces. As of last week, she was at three pounds, 11 ounces. So hopefully on Thursday, we're going to be eclipsing the four pound mark, but we shall see. Yeah, she was really early, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. She was at 33 weeks and five days. Yeah. For those that need the math, that's over six weeks early. Yeah. Um, But no, she's been doing good. Uh, Mom is doing very good as well. So everyone's home now and we're just kind of hanging out. Awesome. And you get to watch some hockey and there's some actual interesting stuff going on. Uh, It's a shit show. (laughs) in, In some of the best ways possible. Oh, no, but, I'm absolutely ecstatic, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, yeah, we've got quite a bit of stuff to talk about from the lottery that just happened tonight to the uh, the play-in round, but we've got some housekeeping actual Red Wings news to talk about first Yay. before we get into all of that. So I think we will start off with uh, two of the Detroit Red Wings top. I mean, I can't really call Zadina a prospect anymore, but Cider is a prospect. So Zadina's graduated. Yeah, Zadina will be a full time wing once December, November, December rolls around. But there was a little bit of an update where the Detroit Red Wings have loaned Philip Zadina to H.C. uh, Osolari Trenik of the Czech Extra Liga and have loaned Moritz Sider to Mannheim in the DEL. Uh, Mannheim was Sider's previous team before being drafted. And uh, Zadina's dad is a assistant coach for Osolari Trenek. So he's also the reigning champions of the Czech League. Yeah, so he's going to a good team. Both and isn't Mannheim pretty, pretty stout too? Yeah, because they have Stutzel, which if I know Stutzel will be drafted, but uh, I think I mean, he'll end up playing there because the NHL season and AHL season won't be started by then. So depending on where he lands, uh, he'll he'll get some extra playtime in Germany. Mm-hmm. But I we talked about I think we mentioned it on an episode that it was a rumor that that Zadina might go over and I had said that I think I could see this happening more with some higher level prospects and um, high high level rookies going over to play in the European leagues because they need some playtime if they're not going to get into a camp before November. Yeah, because I think as we're saying, most of the leagues are starting in Europe on time because they everything was just straight up canceled. Yeah. So I know we talked about it. I mean, shit, it's been what two months ago now that we talked about all this going on with the uh, European leagues. So. Yeah, a month and a half to two months. Yeah, I mean, it's been been a while, but uh, it's it's cool because you, you look at, I'm reading the Detroit News article about Zadina going, and it sounds like there was a lot of conversation. It's been like Yuri Fisher was heavily involved. Eisenman was pretty heavy as long as well as, um, oh my God, what's what's the name I'm looking for? Who, Horkoff? Yeah, Horkoff, there we go. Just to make sure that these guys are going to be in a good spot, and it sounds like the Czech team that Zadina is going to. Obviously, his dad's a coach there um, as an assistant, but it sounds like they're pretty excited to have him over there. So oh yeah, who wouldn't be, be? 
well, yeah, any type of NHL caliber player to come play with you. And even though it's a shitty situation, is fantastic to have. So it'll be neat to if those guys can get some good ice time. I think uh, the Czech League, they've got preseason starting in September, if I read it correctly, with their league officially kicking off in October. So if we can somehow get a stream or at least some highlights of what those two got going on over there, it'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah, I think what will be interesting is to see how much these guys and the limited amount of games they get, because if they start in October and they've got to be back in November for games uh, or for camp, how many games they get in and then what effect that has on the final standings. I said, if you want to get eyes, uh, they're probably not going to be playing with fans still because of COVID even overseas or, or oh, yeah. very limited. But if you want to get eyes on the screen, you get NHL players on, on your team. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to see where that takes them in the standings because I mean, an extra three, four, five, six wins you may not have had if you didn't have those guys is a big deal. Oh, I yeah. mean, if your standings are, are tight, you, you need those extra few games if you can get those wins. So I, I'll be interested to see if Zadina tears. I mean, I think he'll absolutely tear that league to pieces in the Cider games that he's in the there. Yeah. And Cider will, too, after playing the year after what he did with the Griffins, playing that season with the Griffins or partial season. I'm uh, really intrigued what they're, those two in particular, how their offseason has been with since everything is basically just come to a halt i know it's a little bit trickier now to figure out and get into the the off-season training regimens of all these guys but i'd be really intrigued as the the if they're putting on size which you got to think that they are they're putting a good muscle program going again kind of like what we read about the last couple years but to see how they look once they do hit the ice i'm i'm pretty pumped about it yeah i would i was uh talking to uh, beer league chump was said the first thing i would have done as soon as the lockdown or whatever was announced was uh buy the best in home gym set i mm-hmm. i could spend my money on oh, because yeah. they need to i mean they're the guys are used to working out nearly every day they've still got to put on a ton of weight uh or muscle and, and keep themselves in shape mm-hmm. so the, some of the programs and the weight room like homemade uh, weight rooms that college football players have been doing yeah yeah but. and especially guys like zadina and like cider they're the ones that still are trying to bulk up to pro level to get mm-hmm. their weights up to around that uh over 200 mark around the 200 mark so mm-hmm. we'll see what they did i haven't seen any i mean there's been no camps no nothing uh so we don't know any updated weights or anything but it'll be interesting no. to see no, I was just saying we're still waiting to hear if there's even going to be a, an additional. You mentioned camps. If the NHL is going to allow the seven teams that didn't do squat to get anything together before all this is said and done. Yeah, the, that was another little piece of news that apparently the seven teams that did not get any chance to to do anything, all the all of the general managers got together and wrote a note to the NHL, basically saying that we need we want what everyone else got. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we need the extra play time to to get warmed up, to get back into shape. So I, I guess what they asked for was a couple weeks, just be able to start their camps a couple weeks before yeah. everyone else starts. Camp added to the start of training camp for the upcoming seasons. So yeah. To, I've got the Craig and it's a, do a, what's the proper term, a co-op, if you will. It's Craig Custance and Pierre LeBron's article from the article on August 5th. 
Okay. Um, but what they put in here is it's a two-week mini camp that they're looking for to be added to the start of training camp for this upcoming season, similar to the training camp that the other 24 teams got as they're in their return to play in July. Yeah, I guess they had brought a couple options to the players, and the players did not like the option of coming in early, like around now, and then waiting and then coming back for camp. But they did respond well to the, well, we can just tack on two weeks to the beginning of when camp would normally start. Now you can't blame them for not wanting to know. I mean, it's... No, I wouldn't. You got to think that they're going to have to go into lockdown so they're yeah. not going to be able to be around the family. And it's just for two weeks, so it's just kind of one of those, like, nah, I'll just work out as I'm, as I'm going right now. Yeah, so let them have their little bit of vacation left, get the rest of their workout in. I know Larks is on on vacation somewhere with palm trees as I've seen in the previous videos that he's put online. Mm, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with them in the off season. So besides that news of cider and Zadina going to get a little bit of extra play time uh, to get ready Before for that, the season. Hey, well, yeah. Isn't there, wasn't there talk about Valino going somewhere too? So the initial talk was uh, that, um, Oshilari Trinic was trying to get Valeno and Zadina but I think the problem there was most likely the Canadian travel restrictions uh, that are currently in place for COVID. So uh, Zadina's already over there. Zadina's at home because players, when when the season was called off, were allowed to go home. Okay. So Zadina's already over in the Czech Republic. Uh, I listened to the last episode of Red and White Authority. Zadina was interviewed and he was asked a, a bunch of questions about what it was like over at home and what kind of rules are following and everything like that. So he's already over there. I think to get Valeno over there would have been a lot of extra work, though it would have been cool for Valeno to start playing with Zadina for a little bit, knowing that Valeno will be up next season at some point. Yeah. But I guess it was probably a little bit too much work and they didn't want the travel and the quarantine and all that other stuff. So, yeah. So Valena will just have to sit out for a bit. Uh, So the other piece of Red Wings news that we want to get to before we go into the draft lottery is that the Red Wings signed Evgeny Svechnikov to a one year extension. I like it. I like it, too. Uh, The one year is kind of a prove it deal. Uh, Svechnikov for his little bit of time that he was up last season, uh, he was good. I mean, Svech is, he's a good player. He's a former first round draft pick. He's just had some of the worst luck. I think you can have like two major injuries that kept him out for a majority of the season. So I I like it. I, I think we've talked about it too before. This is what I think, at least what I was hoping for. Um, I mean, all you can do is hope that he catches on and just starts to crush it. Yeah, because that, I think we all had a mild expectation that out of camp that he could have been. I know, especially last year, we were hoping that coming in, he's just going to be a guy that tears it up and shows that he's worth a 19th overall pick. Yeah. So it'll be hopefully he's taken the summer to just get stronger, let everything heal and coming into the season, we can maybe see him in a depth role to try to push for more playing time. I really hope that coming into the season, he's going to be on the the Red Wings roster and not Grand Rapids. I hope so, too. He's 23 years old, so I think Bertuzzi started his Red Wings stint at 23 also, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And he'll be 24 in October. Svetch? Yeah, so he'll be 24 when the next season starts. But uh, his one-year contract is worth $874,125 world's most random number 
But uh, yeah, that is I, completely weird. Like you, you think about like, how do they establish that exact number? I don't know. They just mash their face into a calculator and see what comes out. You think that number is uh, what they come to to like get the after tax numbers? Like we're going to give you six hundred thousand dollars after taxes. So this is the number they have to get. It's possible. Uh, I just think that's I, a thing. There's so many weird numbers, though, because if you look at uh, Zadina, his contract is eight hundred and ninety four thousand one hundred and sixty seven. So where Michael Rasmussen's contract is eight hundred and ninety four thousand one hundred and sixty six. It's like there's a dollar difference between Rasmussen and Sedina. I mean, you look at like Svechnikov, I'm a cap friendly here. Svechnikov's first cap hit was $925,000 on the money. Like that was a first year. Oh, yeah. Like, t- your you, typical for year one contract on an ELC. You've got Matthias Baroma, who's at $925,000 on the nose. But you've got Giovanni Smith, who's at 714166 so I don't know how how they do the the math on them. Um, there's got to be something to it. But I, I don't know. I think that would just throw my I want everything to end in a zero or a five. Make everything really easy for me to add up. But yeah, they can give that to us on, on EA Sports. But why can't they do it? Here? Yeah, exactly. No, we got to get right down to the last dollar. It's like a <laughs> price is right. Well, that's something the Maple Leafs are going to need. Yeah, but I like Svetch. I like Svetch. Svetch's contract is a good deal. Uh, last season in Grand Rapids, he played 51 games, had 11 goals, 14 assists for 25 points, 61 penalty minutes, which is a lot for 51 really? games. Yeah, 61 oh. penalty minutes, um, which is really he's always had high penalty minutes, though. The season, the really? previous season, he had 58 penalty minutes in 57 games. Uh, the 2016-17 season, he had 62 penalty minutes in 74 games. So, huh. yeah, I guess he's a high penalty. I never looked at Svechnikov's penalty minutes, but he's I kind of a high penalty player. What kind of penalties, though? Um, the question. He played four games with Detroit this season with zero points, but I mean four games. And in 2017-18, he played 14 games with Detroit and had four points. If I remember correctly, his time in the wings this season was also on the fourth line with yeah. the likes of Justin Advocator. So I can't really discredit anything that he did this year because I thought he actually did look good. He just had no opportunities because of who he was playing with. He did what he could for the position he was put in. Yeah. Um I mean, he makes good plays. He's hungry for the puck. You can tell he wants to score. You can tell he wants to be part of it, just like how Zadina did when Zadina came up. Um, so I'm pulling for Svetch. I think there's still there's hockey there. There's talent there. He was not a first round pick for nothing. So I, I think that and you can tell it's in his family. I mean, his brother is a phenomenal hockey player. So. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he can do with the Just with the time that he's given. His brother is. Yeah, exactly. Give us a yeah. I mean, I take a third. Give me a third of what yeah. Andrei Svechnikov can do, and you've got a second liner on the wings. So that, that's why I'm like low key excited to see what he can possibly do this year. Being completely healthy, I know all the time off sucks for us as fans because we don't get to watch the wings and prospects. But if he can come in in the best shape of his life with the skill set that we know that he more or less does have, like there's ca- cautious optimism on my part. But I, I feel like he can make an impact. Yeah, I, this team is not any better than what it was. 
Well, the team is missing a lot. I mean, you figure if you don't bring back Gagne, which I think Gagne would be a welcome addition back if he wanted to come back to be a veteran presence. And he was good in the in, two year deal. Yeah. But a, a lot of people are saying he's going to want to go. I mean, he's an older guy. He's going to want to go try and get a cup somewhere. Well, I don't blame him. We talked about him before. He was what a, a former first round. Pick top yeah. Player. Yeah. So he's got and we've seen what he can do. And I, I, I have ooed and odd over him the last several years. I thought he was fantastic in Columbus, did the same thing in Vancouver and Edmonton just didn't get a chance. So yep. it's he, neither did Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, hey, suckers. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but I, I, I would love him back, but to your point, if he tries to chase something, I can't fault him for that either. It's just that will he stick on one of those rosters is the question. Like he's fantastic. He was fantastic for Detroit. Yeah. And is a, a great, he's kind of like a younger version of Vanek at this point, yeah. in my opinion, where he's just on that cusp of, am I going to fall off the wagon? Yeah. What am I going to do? Longer? That, and, and to that point too, like if you only get him for a one year deal, he's a great trade piece. Yeah. Come the deadline. You can get, if he's scoring the way you'd anticipate, that's a potential second likely third round pick that you can draw, draw for him. So, I mean, he's not old enough to the point where you can't try to draw, get something higher out of him. Yeah. But, and he's the kind of guy that you can really slot anywhere in your lineup. I mean, if yeah. you need Gagne to play first line minutes, he can play first line minutes. You need him to play third line and, and try to get some supplemental scoring. You can put him on the third line and try to get some supplemental scoring. He can, he's, he's a utility guy. guy. Yeah. He's the Don Kelly of the Detroit Red Wings. Just think if you had him, maybe Rasmussen and Svechnikov together. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think There's you try and bring in, in a goat line. You try to bring in rest. Now that this brings us into a whole other topic that I wasn't planning on covering tonight, which is <laughs> what happens with our center depth next season, which is does no, Michael Rasmussen come in? Do we get rid of someone like Nielsen? What happens yes. with Philpola? I, I don't have the the Go capacity tonight your depth maybe defender we can talk about this later but I yeah he's gonna be i think he's still far more valuable than nielsen yeah unfortunately I oh of nielsen course defensively can still kind of give you a little bit in limited role but uh yeah we can i digress yeah i don't think uh i don't think we have the time or the energy to get <laughs> into center depth for next season we'll probably do that more towards camp but what we are going to get into is the results of the draft lottery tonight. Shit show. Um, so if you haven't been watching, the, the play-in round was uh, pretty good. And we're going to talk about it after we talk a little bit about the lottery. But the New York Rangers uh, will draft Alexi Lafreniere. Um, there has been a little bit of speculation around the legitimacy of the draft lottery after they're like, you guys want to see the lottery live? We'll show it live. We'll show the guy putting the ping pong balls in. Can we talk about so, that for a minute? So the guy's putting seriously. First off, this man looked like a James Bond villain. Yeah, he yeah. walks out in his mask, which I get it. He opens up this briefcase full of ping pong balls. OK, and then he puts them all in one by one. Now he's loading them in. And someone had a funny tweet that said, this is the first time I think Gary Bettman is learning the names of his NHL team. Yeah, I saw that. Because Bettman's looking at the, it's like Bettman, he holds up a, guy pulls up a ping pong ball. Bettman looks into the camera right now. Bettman looked 
terrible, by the way. I, that's why yeah, I sound like, is something wrong with like Batman? This is the first time he's been released from captivity. Yeah, like his hair was all disheveled. His suit was like two sizes yeah, like too is, big. Is he, this is honest question. He's like, is he doing OK? Like, yeah, I'm that's what I said. Bash him. But is no, it, is like there, is, is Gary Bettman all right? Like how some old is Gary Bettman. It's got to be in his 70s. Well, let's see. Let's see. I think he's in his 70s, there, probably like mid 70s. Gary Bettman is, wow, we were way off, 68. Oh, okay. Well, he looks older than he is. He's only 5'7". <laughs> yeah, he's an elf. But yeah. he's the Keebler elf, Gary Bettman. But it's mm. I, I'm watching this guy come out in his mask, and he opens up the briefcase, and he takes out a ping pong ball, and they're like, Gary Bettman will verify that this is the logo of the team. So stupidest to thing. drag this out as uh. much as possible. He holds up a ping pong ball. Uh, who uh, who was the I don't know who the announcer was. She reads uh, a small she's fact. Off, she's one of the newer uh, announcers. Her her name escapes me. She's really good. Her name escapes me. She holds up like the guy holds up a ball. She reads off a draft fact about the team like this team has never drafted first overall. Blah, blah, blah. And then Gary Bettman goes. That is the logo of the team. And the guy drops the ball into the chute. Mm. So we get through Toronto and Pittsburgh and all of this, and he ho- he takes out the New York Rangers ball. And as he holds it over the chute, bum, he bum, drops bum. it. He and it's not that he just dropped it. It looks like it fell out of his hands. Now, the Rangers ball was the only one that happened to. And when he dropped it, the expression on his face is the best thing ever because he does the whole like this was the sound he made at that point. (laughs) And he closed his eyes and he reopened them. And at that point, I actually missed that part. At that point, he knew he was fired (laughs) like he will never work for the NHL again. But. Gary Bettman sounded kind of angry that he dropped the because he dropped the ball and then he had to like fish it out of the the thing to hold it back up. So some people were saying like, is that ball was that ball weighted? Was it weighted to stay? Oil hats went crazy with. Was it weighted to stay around the middle so that when the guy pushed the button, that ball was there and got sucked up? Now there was another video that I saw. Toronto was about a half a second away from being picked. Because someone slow mowed it and the ball that went up into the chamber right before New York was Toronto's. (laughs) Oh, God. So I think I think the Internet would have imploded. Oh, yeah. Had Toronto got that completely. I actually seen the video that you're referring to of the Leafs. Yeah. Getting getting that. Our friend Tony Ferrari would have streaked down his street um, and and been fired from Dauber. But uh, it was. It was really interesting the way they did it and just the so so they did that think even more that this is a crock of shit like he's staring at this thing right wow with that little James Bond I'm an evil so yeah so <laughs> that was the other part of it the other part is like he drops all these ping pong balls in the chute it's like and then he Atari pulls out this had a baby giant, with the Nintendo NES this and giant that pad giant pad with it had to have easily buttons I, that's what I'm saying so it had to easily have been a nine by twelve control nine by 12 by five this was a thick control pad that was wired all the way to the thing and had three buttons on it like it was doing a controlled demolition of a building or something 
huge control pad with three buttons. Now, one button was to turn the machine on. The second button was to open the chute. I don't know what the third button was for. I don't ever recall him pressing the third button. But yeah, he was looking at the the lottery balls as before he pressed the button. So like yeah. he could totally have controlled that entire th- I mean loosely, but yeah, still yeah, change the outcome. Pressure. It's a pressurized chamber or however the hell that went. Actually, yeah, probably just wind shooting straight up. I don't yeah. Know. But either way, like he's staring at the thing like you yeah. look at this, the broadcast. He's literally staring at it. I mean, turn him around or blindfold him or something. Yeah. But the Rangers win. Now, the interesting thing that I saw with that was that Nick Kyprios had tweeted that if you want to recover, if you want some more hockey revenue, basically recover money lost due to covid, uh, you would put Lafreniere in in New York. That's where you're going to recoup most of your money because they're a very large, very pocket friendly market. Mm-hmm. So that he says that and then Lafreniere goes to goes to New York. Hmm. So there are still people that will say this is completely rigged. I just think it's a garbage system. Oh, we yeah. talked to I mean, I had a very brief back and forth with Nick Katsunika, who works for NHL. Uh, who Did you even really call it a back and forth? He just responded. Uh, yeah, uh, there was a reporter who basically said, oh, well, before the NHL panel was saying this is what it would look like if he landed in New York. And then he just so happened to land in New York, which Nick took offense to and basically called out his journalistic integrity. Yeah. So I responded to Nick asking like, hey, this is I mean, you you can't say this is the best system and no one will agree except for now Rangers fans that this is the best way to determine who should get the number one draft pick whether we go to gold plan or whether we go to draft by standings or back to the 2012 rule of you can only move up four slots something needs to be changed now I think the garbage part was Gary Bettman literally quote said the difference between teams isn't all that great When he was talking about it, I'm like, did you look Mm -hmm. at the Red Wings standings? Like, did you see they only won 17 games? Like, how did you not? How how can you sit there with a straight face, say those words and say, this is the most fair system possible? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not fair at all. (laughs) And it's not fair because of the next thing we're going to talk about. So the play in rounds phenomenal can we just say that like phenomenal hockey the round robin thing i've been able to watch the round robin was even garbage it was great in the sense that boston lost everything but they still should be the number one seed because they earned it yeah but that was just all those teams those eight teams just like yeah we're here like yeah exactly they didn't play their guys in some of the games like st louis lost all of their round robin games yeah they didn't care they had bennington off off the ice for the last game like they no one they didn't take any of it seriously however on the flip side (laughs) yeah dear sweet christ we had the meltdowns of the three fan bases that we all could have dreamed and hoped for we had a fight in almost every game oh so beautiful it I was, thought that Winnipeg and Calgary was going to be just a, a fight every five minutes. I think Calgary is my team that I want to see just get destroyed from here on out. Until yeah. They get, until until Kachuk is gone and Lucic, I'll, ne- I'll I won't like them officially. They're the team I now hate. 
I mean, it was I, I didn't <laughs> I don't like the Rangers, mostly because Tony D'Angelo is a clown. Oh, yeah. But it's it was great hockey. I mean, high energy, huge hits, big fights. I mean, just great hockey top to bottom. I don't goals. I don't think there was a board. I, I watched, I want to say, most of 80 percent of the games. And I don't think there was a bad game, honestly. Can we all just take a moment, though, to send our condolences to Connor McDavid? Can we also take a minute to send our condolences to Brendan Shanahan? Oh, God. Um, Uh. So (laughs) we had some really weird results come out of this uh, play in rounds. So we had um, if we look at it, the teams that moved on to the Stanley Cup finals are to the not the finals. The teams that moved on to the playoffs are quote unquote playoffs. Yeah. So we had the Montreal Canadiens beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. So by transitive properties, the Detroit Red Wings eliminated the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, you're going to go that far. With the, I mean, we <laughs> swept Montreal in the regular so, season. In so in fashion. But that was one where you look at it, you go, there is no way that Montreal is going to eliminate Pittsburgh. Sure, and then so they do it, have. which that's one of the, the matchups that you are both very happy and very sad at the same time, because you're very happy that Pittsburgh's out of the playoffs. But then you're very sad that Pittsburgh's in the lottery. It's funny you mentioned both them because I'm looking at the um, athletics takeaways from the return to return to play. And all yeah. That. And it's uh, the very first line on here. Remember when everyone wanted Mark Bergevin fired in Montreal and Stan Bowman was a bumbler who had ruined the Blackhawks. So that's another thing. So. <laughs> Montreal, I don't think, is going to get past the first round. Who do they got? Uh, uh, Montreal will be playing the Philadelphia Flyers. No, not at all. Yeah. Easily the hottest team going back to when hockey was still a thing. Yeah, exactly. And And it looked the same part in this round robin. Yeah, the Flyers were great. The Canadians, I don't think, stand any chance. It is just hilarious that the they eliminated Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, and then the Penguins did not get the first overall pick. Plus, the Pens now have to decide within the next six days whether they want to give that first round pick up or wait and give up the next for next year's first round pick because of a trade. And I think it's to Minnesota. Speaking of first round picks, who doesn't have one this year? Oh, so that's the other one. So in an electric, the best series, the best series was the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Toronto Maple Leafs, which I watched uh, three of those games all the way through. And Columbus has a hell of a team. They are not uh, chock full of superstars, but they know, but they can grind out a win and play shutdown defense like no one's business. John Tortorella, baby. Yeah, so, I mean, 80% of the game, the Toronto's on the perimeter because they can't get to the middle. So it yeah. was it was really fun to watch. They blew game four completely, which was oh, kind yeah. of sad and funny. You notice what you mentioned they kept into the perimeter. What they forgot to do, especially toward the end of game four, was keep them out of the perimeter. And then as you watch game five throughout, they didn't let anyone inside basically that whole little 
sphere between the circles all the way down to the goal line. Nothing could get in there. Yeah, what, what they failed to do in game four was tell Nyquist just to carry the puck for oh, a half a minute. Nyquist, Atkinson, Dubois, they all had their chances in those final three minutes to put the game away, and they couldn't do it. All he had to do was skate the puck. He just uh-huh. had to skate the puck, repeat Ottawa, like skate what the puck. Did. How Felino closed it out last night. Exactly. Just so just tap it in. So they uh so the Columbus Blue Jackets eliminate the Toronto Maple Leafs in game five. It was a great game to watch. And now, since the Maple Leafs are eliminated, they had two chances. They had two outcomes. They could win the lottery, and that was the only good outcome for them. Mm -hmm. Um, If they didn't win the lottery, which they didn't, they have to relinquish their first-round draft pick to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, So now the Toronto Maple Leafs did not win the lottery, are out of the playoffs, and do not have a first-round pick. And that first round pick is 13th overall. Yeah, exactly. Pretty damn good. Yeah. So I bet that Steve Dangle's super happy about that. Uh, he was really upset in his, his video from last from the other night. I can probably name 10 videos that he's not upset in, but the rest of them. <laughs> but yeah, it's. He actually talked about that. It was kind of funny. He, uh, his most watched videos, like his the win when they came back from 3-0. The other night was his most watched non-losing video, which was still like outside the top 10 of most watched videos. I mean, you had people before that game burning their jerseys. Oh, yeah. Everyone's there. They just watched Steve suffer. And it's it's sad, but funny at all the same time, because he is a fantastic suffering person. I say that in like the best, the best way, the most heartfelt way possible. the, The most comedy you could like absolutely get from anyone that is a super diehard fan of a team. Yeah, it just so happens to be it's the Maple Leafs. And now it kind of sucks for Toronto. And I the whole time between things like what you can't win games when you spend over half your salary or half your cap hit on four players. Hmm. Where's your defense? Oh, you don't have any defensemen besides Morgan Riley that can literally play defense. It doesn't help that two of them. One was hurt in game three. The other was hurt midway through the game five. Yeah, so it's. To me, like they're going to have to do something in the offseason. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have to trade a probably rather large piece. You're going to have to get rid of someone like a Mitch Marner, even though you just signed him because. Do you think that's their trade? That going to have to be the trade chip? It, it, people keep saying, no, they'll trade uh, Kasperi Kapanen and they'll trade. Um, they'll get rid of Tyson Berry. But I still don't think that's going to be enough. I, last time I checked, I think right now the Toronto Maple Leafs cap hit is $95 million. And they're, I think both of their guys that they have, uh, David Clarkson and someone else, who is it, are both coming off at the end of this season. So right now, Nathan Horton and David Clarkson. David Clarkson's salary is $5.25 million. Nathan Horton's is 5.3. They both come off in October when uh, free agency begins. Dandy, but they're still going to be freaking strapped to the max. They're going to be 14 million over the cap. They're still paying Phil Kessel for two more years. Yeah. So at 14 million over the cap, your cap's not going up. That's what they, I mean, everyone was hoping for. And with the new CBA, me and Tyler talked about it last episode, it's flat cap for at least two years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're <laughs> at the end of this season, their cap goes up $13 million. So they've got uh four ninety five million on their books right now and they have to drop it down to 81.5 it's insane 
but you're paying Austin Matthews 11.634. You're paying Tavares 11 million. You're paying Marner 10.893. Uh, you're paying Nylander 6.962. You're paying Morgan Riley 5 million. Cody CC 4.5. Now they can let CC walk. Well, CC is going to have to. And put Lilligren in there. For less, I'll be amazed. But well, no, they'll lose and bury. They'll get rid of CC and they'll they'll put Lilligren in there. They'll they're, let they're have to. They'll let Barry walk and they'll put. Um, I, don't even, I didn't even notice this, that Justin Hall, he's signed it. So he's this year was signed at 675. Yeah, his contract goes up to two million. Yeah, for the next three years. Yeah. Like right there, there's part of the money you would try to put towards somebody. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll let Barry and CC walk, which they saves them to. seven, seven million around seven million. And they've got to figure out a way to re-sign Dermot. Hopefully he signs a tender and not tries to gouge him for their whole. I don't think he can hold out, but yeah, they'll plug in Lilgren and they'll plug in. I mean, who else are they going to plug in? Honestly, they'll put in Lilgren and they'll put in Lettinen and that'll that'll be two rookie defensemen. And that's not going to really help them. I mean, no. you're going to have a very, no. very your whole defense besides Callie Rosen, Martin Marinson, Morgan Riley. They're all over tw- 23 and over. Travis Dermott's 23. So Callie Rosen's 26. Martin Marinson's 28. Justin Hole's 28. Morgan Riley's 26. And add to it, they have all of these bottom like six pair guys that yeah they are all expiring contracts some of them are probably going to want more than what they've got right now so it's just like uh, so like kyle clifford for instance he's expiring but he's a retained salary because they got him in trade yeah so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay travis Dermott more than eight hundred and sixty three thousand dollars doesn't happen yeah you're gonna have to at least give him 1.5 million dollars unless you're letting him go unless you trade him mm-hmm. here's the thing so you're saving seven million, around seven million, a little over seven million, in Cody CC and uh, Tyson Berry. Where's the other seven million that you're gonna save? Plus having to re-sign people. Kyle Clifford is a UFA. Ilya Mikeyev is a UFA. Dennis Malgin's a UFA. Jason Spezza. Right. Uh, Mikeyev is a R- Mikeyev's an RFA. Malgin's an RFA. Uh, Spezza's a UFA. Gauthier is an RFA. Do you so expense at the minimum to try to go for one more shot? Sure, but he's going to be 38. I mean, it's not like he's really getting he's still an offensive threat on the power play. Hi, welcome to the Leafs podcast, by the way. Um, it's it's I just to me, it's like Dubas was originally billed as like this analytical genius. I'm not going to discredit him yet. Um, I mean, he's still. I'm completely going to discredit how he right. handled their cap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, he's I'll, new I'll era. He's new era. Ken Holland I mean, just without the cups. It, and you think about it too. So 22, he's only got Matthew signed through age 26. Sure. Which, uh, yeah, that's right up to free agency. And it's right up to him being UFA. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see what they have to do. I think low man on the totem pole is Marner. They're not going to get rid of Tavares. I feel like Nylander is going to be more. Um, Apparently, Nylander is Kyle Dubas's baby and he will not let him go. Really? Yeah. So you're going to get the other thing, too, is I know. Yeah, you're right. Welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. Not very much. <laughs> um, so who what we'll call it fall, falling leaves. The Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> podcast <laughs> fall is coming. Um, so who are they going to be required to protect? 
That's another really funny question because um, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to stock. I mean, they're screwed. Movement cause they're screwed regardless, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at what they've got, like the only person. So Frederick Anderson is modified. No trade clause. I don't and because the expansion draft that's oh, after next season, isn't it? Yeah. So Toronto okay, is so going to be have to he'd be he, they won't have to worry about him because unless they re-sign him, he expires after next season. Toronto's probably going to be one of those teams that's going to have to pay in picks to, to make Seattle take a person they want them to take. Good luck with that, because what what Toronto's going to have to do is they're either going to have to trade away one big money piece like Marner or several smaller money pieces uh, like a Kerfoot, like a uh, Janssen, like a Kapanen, like a Zach Hyman, and bring in rookies. Now, Toronto has some good rookies. They've got some that they think will perform exceedingly well. But those are guys that don't have to be protected during the... But they still have to leave people exposed. Now, is, is this a time where if you're Steve Eiserman, you'd be like, hey, Kyle, let's talk. Oh, yeah, I, I would be I would have been on the phone with Kyle Dubas right after they were eliminated. Said, oh, sorry, bud. Um, but I see that you have some cap problems and caps a premium since, you know, it's not going up for at least two years and you don't know how to manage money. Mm-hmm. So that's now that also kind of puts you in a tricky spot because of the guys you still have to resign as RFAs. But who us? Yeah. Oh, we've got more money than we know what to do with. It's fine. Because you think about the fact that if you bring in a guy like Marner making, what, 10.8 mil, I mean, he, now granted, he doesn't have the injury history there. He's heads above Bertuzzi, but where do you draw the line with Mantha? I know we've talked about it before. I think both those guys should get a two-year show-me deal because of what they're at age-wise. So, But you got the capital to make it an attempt there. Maybe you float Robbie Fabry and him trying to do something for super cheap and like a second round pick. Now you might need to fluff that up with another one or two players or prospects, but I'd take Marner over Fabry all day, even though he was fantastic. And I think he could really help this team moving forward. If you gave me the choice, it's, it's not a hard one for me to make. I don't think you would need to give Fabry up. I mean, we have a ton of cap space. I don't think you're, Really, no, the matter. Space, but I feel like you got to really soften the blow by giving them someone that is extremely cheap, but also no. not shit. No, no, you don't soften no. the blow at all. You think so? No, right, well. because they put I mean, themselves in this avoid. position. I mean, they're not going to have a choice. I don't think it's exactly just like what they did with Patrick Barlow. And that's why they don't have a first round pick. Exactly. So uh, that's I mean, that's I think that's where we'll cut the Maple Leaf talk, <laughs> because, again, welcome to the Maple Leafs uh, podcast. But I think we need to talk a little bit about how the Edmonton Oilers completely shit the bed. Um, yeah. Do you so think not having Mike, I know it's a stretch. Do you think not having green at the back end hurt him a lot? Do you think uh, having Athanasiu play not great for most of the time hurt them? Oh, absolutely. He couldn't handle the puck just like the, the start of the year for Detroit. No, exactly. And that's it's like Athanasiu. And people keep saying, like I saw a tweet the other day, Athanasiu has a lot of untapped potential and he just needs polish and someone's like i call it the detroit effect like what what did we do to him uh every report i most reports i've seen say he was a huge jerk uh he had a huge ego problem uh he was mediocre and eyebrows 
<laughs> but like he's he's going to be 27 years old. Well, what players and I even asked the question, what players like players that were mediocre for most of their career peaked after 27? Not a lot, if any. So like, is he really that old? He will be 27. Played ignorance here. I, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. So it's it's not. I mean, Athanasiu oh, is shit. what he's what he is. And after that playing round, that second round pick looks real good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it. it. Especially for where that's going to be at. So, yeah, because they went and uh, uh, lined up reverse point percentage. So that'll be a good second round pick. But like Athens, you you got what you get for Athens EU. That's what you're getting. Mm. Exactly like you played. Now the Mike Green thing sucks. Mike Green thing sucks. But Ken Holland knew what he was getting into. With anyone we could have traded with, Ken Holland knew that roster from top to bottom and That's knew exactly what he was, he was giving trying away. Trying to trade Mike Green, yeah, and it ends up trading for, for him. him. So he knew exactly now, what he was I, getting. Granted, I get it. Different scenario. You're trying to trade him to gain picks, which obviously didn't happen. But then you end up trading him. Uh, I, I think know. he it, acquired it just, him to try and get what he assumed would be playoff help. Yeah. And I can't you can't blame him for that. I mean, they had enough guys where you can bear, you could have buried him. You give him power play time, which is what he was doing fantastic with Detroit with. So it's it sucks. I, th- I think I feel bad for Mike Green more than anything, because he's sure or he's going into UFA. You don't know with all the things that are going on, if he's going to come back because, you know, he's got the health stuff with himself as well as his family. So it's it, it's one of those where you just watch and you just like hope for the best with what he can do moving forward. Yeah. But he's, he's really at that point where you, you got to wonder how much more time he's got left. Yeah. Which is disappointing because he really was a fantastic offensive defenseman. One of the, I mean, one of the best of his time in his prime, he was one of the best in the league, but I, I mean, it's again, Ken Holland's not in the playoffs and Nick David is angry again because Dude, I, can we, I, I just said it. Earlier. They were defeated by the Chicago Blackhawks. Pour one out for Connor McDavid because my <laughs> God, he's stuck in that hellhole for the rest of his life. <laughs> so many good things. Like he again in five, four short games was a st- stupid highlight reel. Yeah, of course. His coast to coast goal where he just kind of flipped the puck up, played with himself for a few minutes, seconds, and then just boom, down the ice scores goal. Right, top shelf. Like you can't draw up a better hockey player at this point. No, like, but you could draw up a better the- roster. <laughs> that's neither here nor there in the league. I mean, you look at the team, they've got what you need and they're cat friendly. Huh, I'm looking at cat friendly. So that's actually kind of funny into my head. Anyways, uh, but they, their roster other than McDavid and Dreisaitl, they don't have stupid contracts. No, like there are 4 million across the Holland board. left all his stupid contracts in Detroit. Yeah. Asshole. But they're also, the thing is too, the reason I'm not, too maybe critical i guess you could say of what they did in this is they're young enough and they have the cap space to still make waves Mm, now that's a little a little bit of a stretch i think well they're screwed in goaltending i can tell you that well tell me mike smith's gone after this season so they're you know they're going to be hot after one of the many unrestricted free agents you think i would think they're going to go after a whole and they get, they're going to have to trade somebody on defense next um, season they'll have cap issues um 
Chason's a UFA. Nugent Hopkins is a UFA. Yeah, you could say so. I Yamamoto's mean, an RFA. Yeah, I, I think they'll be okay. I mean, Yamamoto's young enough. He's still, I mean, you know the guy's going to be a stud, but I don't think that they're going to run into too many issues. He's going to be a mid, mid-range mid guy in terms of price. You can probably lock him in for 3 to $4 million for a couple of years. Well, right now the Edmonton Oilers have $520,000 in cap space. So, and with, again, no rising cap. I think James Neal turns into your trade bait with uh, some retained salary there for a couple of years or a buyout candidate. Yeah, I think so too. That could be a... I'm wondering if a team might get a compliance buyout because of the the no cap raising. And they can work Chris Russell in a deal, too, because he's got a modified deal, but he can submit a trade list. So you've got flexibility that Kenny didn't have in Detroit with all these no trade clauses and shit like that. Yeah. So if we look at the, the final matchups for the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Flyers versus the Canadians, the Capitals versus the Islanders, uh, Bruins and Hurricanes, Lightning and Blue Jackets. That is the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference, you have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Chicago Blackhawks, Avalanche and Coyotes, Stars and Flames and Blues and Canucks. I think when I filled out my bracket based on how the round robin round went and everything else, I think I have it. Uh, I think I have the Avalanche winning this year. Do you? Yeah. I think that was my final. I think it's kind of hard to go against that one. I mean, you look at everything. and As long as they stay healthy. I think right now the team to be scared for, I mean, Philly, I think, is the easy one to lean on. I think Philly's uh, definitely on the high horse. You got to watch them. Calgary, I think, is going to be scary because of the way they went through, beat up on Winnipeg. Granted, Winnipeg got hurt, so yes, it helped them out a lot, but... They're that aggressive type like St. Louis where they've got enough skill. Vegas is scary again. You can't give up Colorado, but I think Calgary might be the team to watch out West just yeah. because of how crazy that they're going to just piss you off. I hate them. I hate saying that because I hate him at this point because it could chuck especially, but who knows? Yeah. My Stanley cup finals, Colorado and Columbus. Wow. Yep. See, I think, I think Colorado would just as fun as Columbus is to watch and play when we saw them in person, just the way Colorado dominated and it just yep. came out of nowhere. If, if they get to that point, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. But I think if the, Columbus did it. That'd be awesome. I think uh, Tampa's a first round exit because I mean, you have no Stamkos, no headman basically. Is, have either of those been confirmed yet? Um, no, I think they said they'll have more updates tomorrow is it? Uh, on them, but it did not look good. And if you're out, if if you're Tampa and you have no Headman, no uh, I, no Stamkos, I mean you still got Kucherov, but I think who, you can get away without Stamkos, but not having Headman back there, Headman without, like you saw what Columbus was able to do to a depleted defensive core in Toronto. Now, granted, their defense is nothing like Tampa's. Yep, but that's a huge hole. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going into the playoffs, which do start tomorrow. Round one starts tomorrow. All day hockey. Yep. But uh, I think that is that's where we're going to wrap it tonight. And we covered a, quite a bit of ground. But I'll get your thoughts, final uh, thoughts before we sign off. Final thoughts. So hockey is back. It feels weird to say that on August 10th, 2020. But. I'll take it. It's some normalcy in life. The hockey's been wonderful. 
So baseball's been good too. Baseball's been great. I think I don't know what the Tigers score is right now. I had the game two to nothing. Board. Tigers top of the seventh. So Tigers are looking good. Miggy is looking like the Miggy of old. So things are going in the right direction. I'm not going to talk about college football because I might get upset. <laughs> um, but I mean, as a whole, hockey, as I said, is back. It look it's fantastic. Everything is what you would have hoped it would be and more. I think the NHL and many of the gaffes that they have has have done a fantastic job in their presentation of this so far. The way this Edmonton and Toronto looks, I think, is fantastic. So I really had low expectations, I guess you could say, going in, and they've far exceeded those. So props to them. I will com- congratulate the NHL on that aspect. So hopefully that continues into the actual now no more quoted playoffs and we continue to see some good hockey. I like the matchups in this first round. So just be keep watching, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more now that baby's uh, home and relaxed and chill, and we can start talking some more hockey as we go through this and do a little more uh, prospect deep dives. I need to get Tony back on here. So, yep. So other than that, uh, Twitter already Ryan 33. Yeah, I already have a kind of a thing going. Tony will be back on. To talk about fixing the draft lottery and the Red Wings draft uh, We need plans. to gun uh, Costanica and get a, get a roundtable going. T- Tony owes me a favor. I made their logo. Uh, so if you go, <laughs> ch- actually, you should check out their podcast. It's called the Dra- uh, the Dauber Draftcast. And uh, I made the logo smart for it. But dudes. yeah, uh, Yoki and Tony are, are two very, very smart guys. Yoki's um, finished, correct? Yes, that are the best, you know, probably some of the best in the industry of what they do. Um, who I think Tony's probably all work already working on the 2023 draft class, but yeah, it's, it's really, they do really great stuff. Uh, you can go back and listen to one of our previous episodes with Tony on, but we will have him on again to talk about the Red Wings, uh, possible targets probably going past. Cause I don't really care about round one and two. I mean, those have been pretty much beat to death. But I think if we go three and forward, we can hit some maybe sleeper Tony sleeper picks. I'm going to be here for background noise at that point. Yeah. So. And, and Tony is a Leafs fan, so he's very sad right now. Uh. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we'll do there. But yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go check out the the Dauber draft cast, which is the Dauber prospects podcast about the NHL draft. Um, we also have a contest going on currently. Uh, I oh, yeah, set right. it up today because it's Red Wings misery day. But if you go that check Aussie out card is sharp. Yeah, if you go check out our pin post, uh, there is a uh, upper deck. Thanks again to upper deck hockey. There is a, another giveaway, which is a Aussie like legendary artifacts card. It's one that's one of 50 that were made a uh, Aussie dual jersey, which is really cool. And then there's a really nice Dylan Larkin insert in there, too. Um, but my final thoughts are uh, go check that out. Um, if, if you have any feedback, if you'd like to hear any topics, uh, we love talking to people online. So just drop us a comment, tag us on Twitter, send us a DM. Our DMs are open. Um, we want to hear more from you and what you want to hear about and topics you're interested in. And we want to work them into the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Which will be cool. And uh, maybe we'll end up uh, guest starring some people having them on to talk hockey, which I think would be really nice. There's now. I know it's us and our friends over in Canada at the Wing Wheel podcast, um, but I know there are a few other Red Wings podcasts that have popped up um, after us that I think. Yeah, the Discussion 5. That's one. There's Riding the Pine. There's a few other 
that have popped up after us that um, might be cool to get some stuff going with them, too. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. We like to give a shout out to founders. I am currently drinking a curmudgeon better half, which tastes Ooh. like pancakes in a bottle, which is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but Founders is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. They will have some cool stuff coming out. If you haven't tried the grapefruit masagave, you should go out and get it right now. Beautiful. It is so great. Good. That and I had one recently called Marvel Roast, which is an imperial golden ale, which is phenomenal. I've heard of it. I don't think I've had it. It's very good. Uh, so I also suggest that uh, our other uh, other people we like to give a shout out to again, Upper Deck, Howie's Hockey Tape. If you use the promo code Grindline at Howie'sHockeyTape.com on your online purchase, you will get 10 percent off. If you use that same promo code uh, with Bring Hockey Back, who makes some awesome T-shirts and merch, uh, you will save 12 percent. You can also check out our merch if you search the Grindline on Redbubble. We have our merch shop there. I add T-shirts. I should probably start adding more, but we have a pretty nice collection there right now. We sell mugs, which I didn't know because I saw an invoice we do. through for an international sale. I think it was to England. There's a mug going out that says Stanley on it. Oh, yeah. I made That's Stan- the, Stanley the Stanley Cup. cup. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I made that, the Stanley Cup. That one just cup. sold. Yeah, uh, but you can get any of our designs on mugs, on T-shirts, on stickers, on uh, anything, really. you got scarves and shower curtains and whatever. We have a new logo, so our, our actual T-shirt has been updated and everything, which I'm going to have to order soon. And then uh, yeah, Tyler, with our hats, by the way, Tyler's dad's making our hats. I got to get an update right. on that. But okay. uh, you can follow us online at the Grindline Pod and you can find our podcast on uh, wherever you can find major podcasts, except for SoundCloud, because they want me to pay for it. And I don't want to. So uh, for Ryan, I am Greg. Uh, thank you guys for listening and stay classy. Hockey Town.